0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Roll for Damage, a D&D podcast. I'm going to call it a, just a normal podcast at this point. Uh, feels like we're kind of branching out into all D&D instead of just actual play, which I love. I love talking about d and uh, I am Austin. It seems like I have uh, become gracious host of this podcast. And today I have jojo with me to talk some shop for dms uh jojo say hi hello
1: my computer's going to sleep because i'm sitting here for too long oh that's fine but what's up guys um yeah that's uh, just the two of us today fortunately the other guys have some uh business stuff going on of course it is summertime it's understandable and everything but uh we're here to give you a little uh a little bit of a dm pleasure today so
0: Give a, a little a weekly dose of D&D, just some D&D for yep. your ears this week. Um, yeah, like we said, uh, this uh, episode is going to be mainly for DMs out there. I think all for DMs. I guess if you're a player, you can listen to this and kind of get into a mind of a DM and know what to look for when you get to I,
1: this. Yeah, I guess it is true, too, because I was thinking about that. I was thinking that we can make player points in this even. Uh, yeah. A player can really pick up, like, if a DM is aiming for specific or, like, open-ended uh, uh, scenarios and, like, ideas that they have to where they want multiple options and stuff, uh, it is good for a player to kind of know the way the DM thinks in a way, too.
0: Also, we'll, uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but um, as a player, uh, just have something specific in mind. The more specific you are as a player, the easier it is on your DM. And we'll get to that a little later. I'll touch on that point a little later. But if you're a player listening to this, just remember be specific. Uh, today, we are going to be doing a heist, a setup for DMs. We're going to tell, give you some notes. Just some notes. Me and JoJo have both DM'd a little bit. We aren't total pros, but uh, I think we're pretty good. I think we're both pretty good. I like playing for JoJo, and JoJo hopefully likes playing for me. Uh, we have done a couple, I think a couple campaigns each now, right? JoJo may only have one, but he did a one shot um, in a campaign.
1: I, for me, I have ran a one shot, and then I ran that campaign we were running, Um, but then we stopped that halfway through with the podcast going and all that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's the uh, most experience I have as far as DMing, but I do have a. Lot of experience on like map uh, building, uh, scenario building, just everything like that because I've put a lot of time into my DMing and I just have like booklets of stuff that hasn't been used. So, <laughs>
0: good man, I don't have any of that. I am a shoot by the hip shoot from the hip DM, and uh, if you were to ask any of my players, it shows. Actually, uh, you guys saw me DM, and it probably showed <laughs> that I am a very shoot from the hip DM. Uh, I like I to have say... loose outlines. I like to have wiggle room when I DM. I, I like to say actually I just
1: line, plan right? I plan dungeons and stuff that's all I have really planned. There you go, and this. So this I have that type you. of stuff just yeah. set up for that, but like as far as like scenarios and cities and all that, no, I don't have an NPC written out in my book. Oh, I don't even you. think I have a single name for like generic orcs or anything.
0: Mm, I don't. Perfect. I
1: just come up with one on the spot. Absolutely. Somebody's like, "What's his name?" I'm like, "Oog."
0: Yeah, I <laughs> always just do random. Also, the funniest thing to do as a DM is. Uh, your characters run into the single most exotic race, like Kalistar or Lizardfolk or something like that, and they're just like, oh, what's your name? And you're like, Jim. And they're just like, no, 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 no. (laughs) This lizard guy's not named Jim. But they will remember the lizard named Jim the rest of the campaign, even if he was like a throwaway shopkeeper. But today, we are going to be creating a heist. uh, or I guess we're not going to be creating one. We're going to be giving you a bunch of tips for creating your heist. And when we say heist, remember this isn't a specific, you know, going into a bank, getting the vault, this that and the other. This would be a scenario where the bad guys or people you're fighting against or whatever have something you want, a single item, a person, some gold, something like that, and you want it and it's guarded by x y z, you know, a building, some people, whatever. And you have to plan to get it out of there that is the heist it can be it can be used any way you want and it does make for really cool moments in D&D heists do because there's such a clear goal and there's so many ways to go about that goal most of the time that it always ends up being really fun for your players Uh, I will give this uh, right off the top is uh, give them time to plan if you're going to do a heist introduce it at the end of a session so that they have a couple weeks to think about everything they want to do and get and all that and set up let them let them metagame for a week and think about the heist and then come back the next week sit down again say okay you guys just learned that they're keeping it in the building we'll go to the next day you guys are in the town what do you want to do it makes it a lot more fun than just being like beginning a session be like oh yeah now you gotta go you gotta break into this building and then you have no planning always let your players plan the heist that is the most fun part for a player is the planning step i think
1: yeah and i think uh that part just comes down to uh, management it's not too hard um i would just always whenever you start your camp or uh, start your sessions and end your sessions Always in the beginning, kind of have like three beginning thoughts of uh, what you think might happen, and then at the end, always have three ending thoughts that you might think could be a cliffhanger or something potential that is almost like a new mission. Because uh, you want your players to start their their session already thinking about uh, what they're gonna do and uh, what they're gonna. Um, fine to help them proceed on this said heist and stuff like that, because that will help them, uh, I can't think of the word, hold on, Can plan. I to cut this part?
0: That's alright, I'm not cutting any of this, I'm gonna, That's fine. I'm gonna let everyone watch you squirm,
1: watch um, me squirm, uh, oh.
0: <laughs> it's alright.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to say plan because I couldn't think of the other word. But it helps your, your players really plan, and uh, it helps them really get engaged. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There you it? go. Yeah. It helps them get engaged because it's not like you're coming in and you were in the middle of something from last week. Those are kind of bummers because it's like, yeah, I have to remember everything that happened last time. Whereas if you can do it in the be- at the end of a session, the beginning next time, it's typically like, well, whatever happened last time was just kind of like that. And if you're the DM, you just... Kind of keep track of the things that you want to, yep. and then the players—if they keep track of anything—that's on them. They do yep. whatever they want.
0: If they forget about anything, that's on them as well.
1: That's on them as well. <laughs> it don't—it don't matter. If, if they're like, "What was his name again?" You could be like Bob, and they're like, "No, it wasn't." And you'd be like, "It is now."
0: It is now. I don't—I don't write names <laughs> down. Hell no.
1: <laughs> if uh-huh. they call him Bob, you could be like, "How dare you insult me?" Oh, there are
0: so <laughs> many times in a campaign where it's like, oh, you go to a town. Oh, what's this guy's name who runs the Alchemy Shop? Uh. Bodvar and then 25 sessions later you end up in the same town and without fail it's just like hey we've been to the alchemy shop here what was that guy's name? I don't know I'm making up a new one right now and they always believe me it's a, it's a, it's whatever the new one is uh, so another <laughs> yeah go so ahead
1: so w- I'm going to say a point that I think uh, is very uh, valuable in heights uh, is the valuables themselves
0: Yes, the MacGuffin—the end goal, really.
1: You're you're not gonna get the fairy tale party where you're like, there's a princess trapped at the top of the tower with the dragon defending her. No, you're not gonna get the party. That's just gonna go do that, and save the princess. That's kind of rare. I mean, as far as most D and D players go, uh, I feel like majority of D and D players kind of resort to chaotic in a way. So, yeah, I think um. That- You gotta, you gotta really think about what are you gonna motivate your players with to want to like really conquer this heist. Uh, Not just walk in like through the front door, kick in the front door and think they could just swing willy nilly through. Like, be like, oh, this is a dagger that has just been passed down through this clan for generations. And it is said to have these masterful powers and even grant a wish to somebody who is loyal enough. But, the entire clan protects it in their dojo on top of the mountain. And the clan is said to be 100 plus people <laughs> in this building. So it's like hmm. Nah. That's like an artifact weapon and your players maybe are like artifact collectors and it's like they're chaotic or something. That might be something they're thinking damn 100 plus people in this clan like how are we going to go in here or what are we going to do to proceed if we want to actually go for that. Or it's like again, uh Asa said it's not just like a bank heist, but it could be if you really want it. Could be um, bank
0: heist are fun. 20,000 gold. Oh, wow. That's a lot of gold. If I Absolutely. was a player, my
1: DM was just like, "Yeah, you get told by this guy that there's 25,000 gold in the vault." I'm just like, <laughs>
0: "Yeah, also, uh here's a tip because most times a heist is for one item, and that one item usually affects one or two party members sweeten the pot just don't 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 be a stingy dm like if you're if your paladin's on a mission and you got a heist or whatever this sacred artifact back blah 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 he's got to heist this and the rogue's like well i really don't care about your artifact you can just be like oh also this is where they keep all of their gold and the rogue's gonna be like okay well i'm in like just just sweeten the pot a little bit just just to get everyone involved in the heist because there will be people who are like I don't see how this affects my character. It's like, okay, fine. There's gold there too. That, it's just an easy way to make it interesting for people. Give them, yeah. give them, you gotta, give everyone. You got to
1: motivate your players a little bit because I will say I, myself as a player, just like Austin said, there there has been times when it's like we're doing something and I'm like, I literally have no clue why we're here. <laughs> and then somebody who's like, oh, well, we're here to do this. I'm like, oh, now I feel bad. <laughs> because it's just kind of like, you know, There's just times that sometimes the player feels like they shouldn't be there. Yeah, and and rightfully so.
0: Sometimes it doesn't feel like the player should be there either. But you just make... I mean, it's so easy for a DM to just put... And, like, if if someone's not motivated by gold, maybe just, you know, a random uncommon item that they want, you know? Just have it sitting in a crate. Just in a crate next to this thing and you know even just off the top if they're being real stubborn just tell them that just be like hey there's like other stuff in here if you get in there that you can loot and find some other stuff and they'll be like oh kind of get it you know uh so that's a that's a good way to get uh involved uh usually heist some heists involve like key plot points like you need this dagger to kill the lich or else you can't kill him obviously the whole party's like well we got to get this dagger that's that's a good heist moment there Uh, Once you got all your players involved, uh, there's going to be three phases of the heist. We uh, broke it down into three phases. We have the intel gathering portion, which is the pre-heist, we're going to call it. Uh, We have the heist itself, which will be called heist. And we have the exfiltration, the getaway. We'll call it the getaway, I guess. Sounds good to me. Make it less weird. Uh, We'll break those down for you, figure out what you got to add to each one to make it interesting for your players and players, uh, what you can do during these phases of the heist to make it interesting for other people and the DM, keep things flowing. So let's start with the intel. Uh, Every good heist starts out, you know what you got, you know where it's at, you know who's guarding it. That's it. It's a big building, it's a big daunting building.
1: I want to say this for... uh my, it's like, it's not a pet peeve about DMing, but it's just something that I feel like a lot of people should work on. And, uh, you know, I think they should di- like, you should diversify uh, like, wherever the location of your heist is, really, really, like, make your themed world in D&D have those kind of, like, monsters or creatures that are inside as well. Yeah. Like, if there's something that's going to be in there and it's, like, a swamp, you don't no. want it to be, like, lions. Just random lions.
0: bandits, yeah. Have it yeah. be, like, one T. Even, I mean, you could just use a bandit stats and just describe it as a monkey guy.
1: And and by diversitize, uh, like, your location of monsters, I mean, don't just also be like, oh, in this pyramid there's a mummy. Even though that's the most common one. You could even spice it up and they go inside the pyramid and they find some sort of like anubis like god
0: or i think a pyramid other a pyramid what? would be fun and you're like oh yeah it's said to have housed a mummy in here and then they get in there and like the first thing they see is like the mummy like dead and stuff and then they're just like oh man there's something in here that's like even worse than a mummy so like that would yeah. really ratchet up the tension
1: that that could definitely ratchet up because it's like maybe the mummy has a uh feral crown that is said to be worth uh, a fortune and uh, some guy, some king wants it. So he sends these adventurers there because he'll pay them so much money for it. And uh, so they're going in. And they're like, oh, yeah, we just have to kill this mummy. But the mummy's dead without its crown. Yeah. So what killed the mummy? And is it still here?
0: Is it still here? Yeah. Those are. And basically uh... make
1: it look like nothing's left whenever yeah. they're entering.
0: Yeah those are some good some good tips for the intel phase for DMs. If you want to pull like a switcheroo, you know, say like, oh, there's this uh, mob boss and he's in his hideout and you have to go kill him or something. Get information from him. And the first thing you see is two dead bodyguards. It's like, oh fuck, like, someone's already here. Uh, under the pre-heist phase, I have a few notes here. Uh, the first thing you want to do is make sure your setting is right. Like, if it and make sure your setting is interesting anything can be interesting like Jojo said you have a pyramid that becomes a dungeon maybe you have a mob boss hideout that is like during the day it's a bar and then there's a secret door and underneath is like tunnels or something and there's bunkers and stuff in a warehouse yeah. you can make a simple warehouse really interesting just by adding a maze of crates that you can't that maybe you can climb on top of but it's easier to be seen if you climb on top of them
1: I, uh, I did this, um, you guys never got there in the campaign that I was running, but I made a a city called Las Vegas, and it's supposed to be like Las Vegas, it's a gambling city with a bunch of casinos and stuff, and I basically made it, like, the casinos were, like, mob brand, in a way, and, uh, the leaders were vampires.
0: Oh, we kinda got into it. She messed us up that one time, and then we were like, we gotta get out
1: of here. Yeah. (laughs) That was, like, the preemptive, like, introducing to that, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little interesting whenever you start throwing around, like, you could even just make it, like, simple. Uh, you can make it to where somebody, if, if the heist is, like, because heist, I think, could even be considered, like, almost a hunt as well, like, hunting mm. a creature.
0: Yeah, that, yeah.
1: So it could be, like, maybe a guy is turning into a werewolf in this town. Uh, good old classical scenario, but you could spice it up a bit and make it like a heist and make it, this guy is like doing something to uh, slow the party down in a way. It's like affecting the party constantly around this big city. Like, he keeps moving this item around, and it's just for some reason, he just keeps doing that. But it's a werewolf guy doing it. It's interesting and funny. Um, And you just kind of you know, make it unique. Uh, that why is this werewolf just stealing this item from the shop? And this shop owner is just constantly like messaging you, like using sending or message the uh, spell. And you just keep getting in your head, he's just like,
0: This fucking werewolf just stole my fucking orb again.
1: And each day he locks it up more and more, but the werewolf gets it. But it's like a werewolf. Mm
0: hmm. You have to hunt down. hunts. I didn't think of hunts as a heist. That's a good one, like a mo- like a moving heist through a. Mm-hmm. It's that like might a be something heist. too.
1: Um,
0: when you go to no. a, go to a heist, that may be something interesting that you notice is like, uh, maybe, cause in the pre heist stage that we're gonna talk about, it's.
1: Egg. I got a little carried away on that. It's
0: a lot of... <laughs> That's all right. That's a, just giving ideas here. We're just throwing stuff around. These are not very structured, so it's all good. Still my ideas and structure it. So, yeah. Uh, for the Intel phase, it's mostly gathering information and deciding what to do with that information. So, uh, places, you want to notice, like, uh, how can you look into a building or, like, can you look into a building at all? Uh, can you see the layout of something maybe you can get like the plans to a pyramid and you can see like where an archaeologist has like mapped it out so you could be able to do that by a map or something like that this will be the time that your characters your pcs will be gathering information from the place maybe talking to people about the place or the people inside of it and also this is the time where they're gonna be hitting the general store they're gonna be buying grappling hooks they're going to be buying ball bearings they're going to be buying all this stuff maybe some scrolls for some spells that they think they need this is the time they're going to be doing all this so as a dm you want to have this stuff ready you want to have a general good store ready with whatever they may need you know just random unmagical objects that they may think they need and i'll say right now if you're planning this general good store if nothing nothing just say nothing's magical in here as soon as i come in nothing is magical in here But you can get anything you want. Anything that they decided during that week you had off that they may need. Entertain the idea and put it in that store. Say yes. Yeah, I have that. I have that. I have that. Never say no. If they want a grappling hook, sure. Uh, Do you got a crossbow that I can shoot this grappling hook out of? Absolutely. Do you have glass cutting tools? I do now. Everything. Put everything in this general goods store. Let them load up on everything they think is important. I think that's a huge, huge, huge thing here.
1: If you open up their diversity to inventory and tools, um, this will allow you to do a lot more tricky things by using magic and uh, um, just kind of like weird traps, you know, um, for this heist.
0: Yeah. Also, later in the campaign, uh, no one throws anything away in D&D. So it'll be sitting in their bag. You'll be looking at their inventory in Roll20, blah, blah, blah just kind of mind your own business and you're gonna see like oh hey this guy's got say a glass glass cutting tools and then it's just like now you have something that you can put in the campaign later and this person's gonna be like oh yeah remember the heist i bought glass cutting tools i can use them here too and it's like you put it in there just to make they don't they probably won't know you put it in there it's like oh wow i could glass cut this couldn't i and you're just like oh yeah i forgot and then they're like oh yeah and just a cool moment so, yeah, that and disguises. Whatever they want to disguise themselves as, absolutely. They can get a guard uniform. It's just going to take a little more. They can get a mob a mob uniform. They can get bandit clothes. They can get anything. Let them get anything that they ask for you, but uh, if it's more important, say a guard uniform or something like that, make it harder to get.
1: Yeah, yeah make it harder to get. But you don't make it so hard that it seems just impossible and yes. like not worth it. Yes, you want them to try for it because essentially what you're doing is you're opening the option that they sneak in as guards. But the thing is, now you get to think deeper in and you get to think about identification or sigils or uh renown through the mob bosses and stuff like that. Like yep. in the mob family, you could just walk into the mob hideout, you all look like mobsters. Ah, oh, yeah, you walk in. You're in the mass core area. You look perfectly fine. You guys are just going through. Then you get to this one part and this one person looks right at one of you and is like, "Wait. Hey a minute. the hell you think you uh
0: Yeah, you're wearing his best friend's clothes."
1: Yeah. And you're, he's like, "You, wait you a look minute. just like his best friend yeah. cuz maybe you killed him or And you'd used you used to You are literally this guy is like he's literally one of the higher-ups and he's seen
0: everybody in the gang at least once and he's like, "Who the fuck are you?" Yep, or do some magic where it's like uh yeah, you guys got guard uniforms. You, you maybe they killed two guards. I don't care. They killed two guards and they got guard uniforms now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, well, there's a facial recognition. There's a handprint scanner. Anything is good. A lot of people are very weary of putting these quote-unquote high-tech things into D and D. There's magic. They're just yeah, put magic. a rock, put a rock, and have a little handprint in it. And if you put your hand in it, it fucking glows blue. Handprint scanner, magic handprint scanner. It's that easy.
1: Or it's just, like, a pad that literally has, like, a crystal orb below it. Yeah. So, like, maybe the crystal orb, like, oh, now your rogue or your wizard sees that crystal orb, and they're like, hold on. Maybe I can do something here.
0: Yeah, maybe I can reprogram And now they're
1: thinking, maybe I can dispel magic on it. Or the rogue's like, maybe there's a little hatch and I can get in there with my tinkering tools and maybe uh, deactivate this magical handprint door. Yep. Because, I mean... You can, you can literally do so many things with magic. I know you can take Mage Hand and with certain subclasses of uh, classes, you can make it invisible and then just use that to pit pocket people, move, fly it around do whatever with it, open doors Like
0: yeah.
1: magic can literally do anything yeah, so as I... long as you flavor it nicely, you yep. can make it unique to your players, not unique but like, uh, available to your players to play with it as they will and then you know maneuver around it even adds like a new puzzle because like you could just be like oh there's a handprint scanner and that your players could get stuck there forever and it could just be a simple yeah the wizard just has to use a level three uh, dispel, dispel magic, magic on it and the door will open <laughs> and the wizards just sitting there the whole time like I don't know what we're gonna do guys I'm
0: stuck I don't know if we're gonna see anything <laughs> inside that I'm gonna need that spell slot for so we should try everything <laughs> before I use that spell
1: yeah you could, it, like, just those high-tech things, like you I said. I, just... I like that for Intel. You, Don't be afraid to use high-tech, stone tech, Stone Age. Any tech. Uh... I'm pretty sure I did this in my campaign I ran. Uh, and you got caught on to it, like, after five minutes. But, like, it was just a door that was unlocked. And I was just <laughs> waiting for you guys just to open it. And finally, somebody opened it, and I was like, thank you. It's unlocked and it opens. What do you do? <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: I always like Sometimes, the classic. I like the classic, they try to kick in the door, they kick, they kick, they kick, and then it's a pull door. That's always funny, too. There we go. Um, also, in in the intel phase, this is this is where you want to be very descript as a player. Tell the DM what you're looking for, and he can tell you if it's there. Don't just be like, I'm looking for... Uh, anything that would, like, uh, be val- valuable, you, ca- you can't be vague, be like, okay, I'm looking for if there's, like, guards, where the guards are, and you can get very good intel that way, instead of just being like, are there guards, like, and then you don't know if the guards move, you have to be descript, you have to be, are the guards, like, moving, uh, is there a door, do I see any traps, uh, are there any, is there an exit, Out the back, is there an exit out the front, out the side? Are there any doors where I can't see where they go? The more you describe, the easier it is for your DM to set up a good heist for you, in your mind. And, uh, also a note for DMs. Whenever people want to do intel gathering, uh, they will, this is my number one thing as a DM, they will always ask if there are skylights... Always allow there to be skylights. That's the key. There's skylights in every building I've ever put a heist in. Just because it makes it fun. They can fall in. Uh, they can gather intel. They have to climb down. They have to find a way down from the skylight.
1: I was going to say, that's uh, that's another thing of mine, is uh, entry points. Yeah, entry points. Uh, depending on how your heist is made, it may have only one.
0: Yeah, it could. And have don't only be one.
1: don't be afraid to do only one. Like, yeah.
0: Also, think don't about be afraid it. To a, do...
1: a, a bolt at a bank has that one entry, and of course, that would be the one entry in ice. So you'd have to do that the same. Or uh, you think about like a, a dojo, and you come into like this room where the doors slide back. There's one door on either side, and that's it. Those are those two exits, and it's just a straight through. Something's blocking them. Yep. What do they have to do to get around that? They also, can't find another way, but then like, yeah, like you were saying, skylights. I like sewage pipes. Sewage pipes I like, are always fun. I, I always like those kind of entries.
0: Yeah, and exits. I love yeah. grates and stuff for exits, so you can just crawl down the sewers or come in the sewers. Um, Also, your players may not be doing it stealthy, so uh, remember, any wall can possibly be an entry point if you have like a portable hole or something like that, so Always make sure to describe, you know, oh, there's like a few walls that have nothing on them, maybe some windows. But then it's like, oh, there's an office back here that you can't see into. So maybe they go around the side of the building, portable hole into that office, and then go from there. Or something like that. Um, I put down for my intel phase, as a DM, this is when you want to drop red herrings. Drop doors, ev- make a lot of doors look very, very interesting here. To get them to waste time and efforts trying to get into a door that might be... It, it's magically locked. Like this, Say this door is magically locked. You can tell. It looks real secure. These guys are like oh, there's something important back here. And then it just ends up being like the, the head guy's office. But he doesn't keep anything there. So now they just wasted their time trying to open this really magic door. Maybe they even wasted a spell instead of looking at the vault. Someone wanders off and tries to open this the whole time and something goes wrong. Uh... Shiny stuff, uh, put some bags and barrels and chests and stuff, and not not all bags, barrels and chests have fun stuff in them. Maybe there's a chest next to the door, and it's got umbrellas in it for people to come in, or go out and have an umbrella. Or maybe there's... Maybe, yeah, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, maybe there's a, a barrel on this uh, ship that you're on, and you open it and there's a fucking snake and it bites you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I love putting red herrings into a heist because as a DM, you have to have this internal clock on a heist. From when they break in, if someone would have radioed out, sent a message sending, maybe there's an alarm uh, spell somewhere, so someone got an alarm. So as a DM, you have to make sure there's a time crunch on your heist uh, as soon as they start. Have something, some sort of sensor or something like that somewhere that is easy for them to hit so that you can have this timer and then these red herrings come into play because people go off and they start opening barrels and chests and maybe if you're in a bank they have the registers like they have some sort of drawer system or tube system that sends money to the vault so they're like oh maybe they keep money in these like little safes at each drawer so they're sitting there picking every safe and it's like oh yeah 10 and gold and then there's
1: just a bunch of lock boxes ten, ten plat- basically what the equivalent of a P.O. boxes.
0: yeah yeah, or a a lockbox a lockbox wall is a really good one. Yeah, and then you know, uh, have there be a hundred lockboxes and you just write down eight numbers on a piece of paper and have them roll a d100 and that's the lockbox they open. Have them roll sleight of hand, they click it open. If it's one of your numbers, they get a prize. If it's not, there's junk in there. That's a pretty that's that's a pretty fun one. I'm going to use that one. Okay. Uh Also. I wrote down, uh, for heists, uh, there may be people that work there that aren't, like, combatant-style people, they're gonna be, like, guards, so think about a heist in, like, a mob boss hideout, they're gonna be, like, mobsters and stuff, but they're also probably gonna be, like, their girlfriends and, like, strippers or whatever, you know, there might be, like, card dealers and stuff like that, that are just, like, normal people that they have to navigate around, like, are they gonna like tie these people up do they have enough rope are they gonna like keep them quiet or are they just gonna try to go so fast that it doesn't matter if they let these people go or not just populate it with uh something other than guards to make it more interesting because then it's like if your party's not chaotic evil you're not gonna just slaughter some casino dealer for being in the mob hideout when you wanted the money you know
1: yeah or like uh I was thinking, that's another thing I was thinking, was uh, just diversify the NPCs, so it's not all, like you're saying, fighting, and, uh, like, it would almost be like, whenever they're in the intel gathering phase, like, maybe they're at the location, like, maybe it's a kingdom, and this heist is assassinating the king. Yep,
0: there's guards, so, the king's family. Yep
1: king's family all that you basically were him. told by the evil wizard that you have to basically get rid of the king and his family all the heirs basically so uh you're like at the kingdom like maybe there's a ball coming up you know and you know you can walk into the the kingdom's courtyard and stuff And maybe there's like a servant and you start talking to him, and they hate their life there start like adding things like NPCs that would be maybe willing to help them. There you uh, go. Yep. NPCs that would maybe rat on them for like talking to them, and then like suspecting them of being spies or something because they said something like, "Oh, it's fine. I'll kill him anyways."
0: Yeah, yeah. Something
1: like that. Like make your players. Like this is one thing I put in a uh, uh, getaway, but I kind of want to stress it in all categories. Make, make your players. Like, have options and feel like they can do a lot of things, but also know that they have to watch themselves because failure is afoot
0: at any moment. Also, just because they got, like, the MacGuffin that they're after, the thing or person that they got, let's say they killed the king, it's like, they this heist doesn't have to be a success because you got the thing. Like, if you steal something from a mob boss, you steal an artifact or something, it's like, yes, we did it, this, that, and the other. And then it's like, oh, but, you know, now a bunch of people saw you kill a bunch of innocent people in that mob boss, so now you're, like, wanted in this town. So, like, was it, you know, was it a a win?
1: Yeah, really, like, you could really uh, make the players start Wanting to work on their reputation. Like if they're just going to go in and, uh, you know, murder, that'll be it. Yeah,
0: they'll just let, go
1: in and then they'll get that reputation.
0: Yeah, let them do that. Let them do whatever they want. That's my whole thing as a DM. Let your players do whatever it's they funny. want. I don't
1: care. It's funny because <laughs> in, uh, in a campaign of Austin's, we have uh, this guy, who, his name is John Woke. And he is, he's an assassin, but we all call him a murderer because he just... Blatantly shot a kid with an arrow. Diamond burnt guy's house down with his paint. Yeah,
0: he's pretty.
1: He just went in there and murdered. Yeah,
0: he's pretty <laughs> chaotic.
1: But that could straight happen. You always have to just you know throw the little oddballs out, and sometimes your players are just gonna do what they want. Yep. So you always gotta just like this is more red herrings, but like yeah, always have things that are there that will. Like, NPCs that are maybe willing to help them by opening a back door or unlocking a back door or something. Yep, that
0: kind of ties in with, like, uh, yeah, who works there. If you find someone who works there that maybe is poor, like, they follow them home and they're really poor, it's like, ooh. Uh, it's going to be nice to bribe, easy to bribe this person to, you know, let us in or give, their, give us their uniform or something like that. Do you that's gotta, my favorite
1: thing. Uh, I was gonna say that's my favorite thing when when DMs, uh, cause I don't like just I don't really like combat in D and D. Honestly, I'm not a combat guy. I'm a role player. I like the uh just the R P of like, so I like politics or the more political situations and stuff. But combat's pretty fun. Um But I like when DMs like make it where like oh you see this guy going home and it's like oh. Maybe two people in the party are like, "Oh, we are just gotta kill kill this guy and take his uniform and use it," and then the others are like, "Well, maybe we can convince him, you know? Uh, like, if you make him go home, or you can make him even take a liking to the party by something they do that's just cool or funny."
0: Yep, I agree.
1: Uh, well, no, I'm all out of there until one zero anyone.
0: Uh, Intel ones, uh, traps, I said maybe they might see some traps, uh, if they get like a middling perception check on, check on traps, it's like, oh yeah, you see a loose floorboard and you think it might be like a, a spike trap or something. And oh. then they're like, oh, I'm going to make sure I miss this, but they had to get like a 20 on their perception to see that it was like a whole row of them. So they I... didn't see other ones or like a tile or something.
1: I thought of another one just now. Um, yeah. hiding spots
0: hiding spots in case they're in and they haven't alerted somebody. Or yep. people are coming and they can stay there until the...
1: Always, I would always point something like that out, even if it's very subtle. Like, yep. say your heist is an ambush by a, like this bridge. Uh, literally have, like, bridge and then the bushes next to it. And that's what they see. Like, they're at the bridge, they're like, okay, they're gonna be coming through here. And it's like, oh yeah, look at these bushes. We can sit here and here, like, Perfect. these are gonna be good hiding spots and then we'll be able to get a sneak around out of them and then if your players can get some sneak rounds going and stuff it can really
0: yeah really sneak help to make a good
1: flowing are... combat and like you could add more combats like even throughout then because I always like uh always having extra stuff ready and then if like it's a little bit too much just remove some of it
0: yep just tone down some HPs
1: yeah. I've, I've had times where I've had, like, 100 HP left, and I'm like, okay, and I see two players down and two up, one's at like, one HP, the other one's, like, half health, I'm like, maybe cut this in half?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or there's times where your players are just absolutely destroying something, and it's like, maybe I should beef him up a bit, give him a bit more health so he can yeah. last a little
0: longer. Yeah. Yeah, I do that all the time. It's very... Uh, I think health is the easiest one to do it with it's a very fine line when you're beefing up encounters and run- running them down don't start yeah. changing armor class and damage dice you'll get into you'll get into trouble because that you can't change on the fly if you nope. are like if you're like oh this is so hard like I better I better or you're like this is so easy they're whomping my guy and then you're like I'm gonna buff his armor class to 20 and then they stop hitting him for a couple rounds and you're like uh, but now you can't go back because they have been like hitting him at twenty. You know they've been missing on eighteens and nineteens, and you're like, uh, fuck. Maybe I, <laughs> I can't. I can't reel this back. Are you doing like two or three d eight damage, and you're not hitting quite hard enough, and they're whomping you, and then you put like uh, we'll do, we'll do forty. I would
1: say. I would say if you do plan on changing the AC of a monster mid fight, like any time, or like even a like. Not a monster, but like a humanoid, even. Yeah. Because I guess that would still be a monster because it's a controlled by. I'm just going to call it a monster. But. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: whenever you control a monster. Sorry, I had to sneeze. That's all good. <sighs> There's a couple more. <laughs> Anyways. When you control a monster uh if you want to change the AC have that planned preemptively ahead of time always if you're ever doing that so it's always like 12 and they're like oh this guy's jump and all of a sudden he's like he you see his skin turn completely metal and now his ac's like 22 and it's because it's like he got bloodied or something and this is like some sort of phase that that guy goes to but like don't make that big of a jump that was just an example that's kind of absurd of a jump Unless your players are, like, level 15 to 20, then that's that's understandable. Yep. They'd be like, what the hell? Why did I hit with a 13? This guy's chump. And all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, now I can't hit him. Now everything does half damage to him. Oh, God, what's going on? <laughs> like, they might start panicking a little bit if you do something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, it might get them to burn, like, incineration. Like, the wizard's just like, I need
0: to use this now. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, be very careful when you're running stuff on the fly. Uh, it seems to be the only time your players are very perceptive is when you change something tiny like that. Like, it seems like a guy's just not even paying attention the whole fucking combat on his phone or something. Fucking not talking, and then you're just like, oh yeah, 17 doesn't hit. And then he's just like, oh, but in turn one, I rolled a 15, and I hit. And you're just like, bro, come on, man. Why you gotta blow me out like that? Uh, Anyways, we're getting on some tangents here. Holy cow. (laughs) Uh, There's some more tips for DMs on uh, encounter balancing. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that. Uh, So I think that does it for the intel phase. I think once you have the places they need to look, their red herring set up, disguises they need to get, what they need to buy, if anyone's there, where the guards are, when the guards are, when the other people are there, all that. Once you got all that, then the heist begins. You know. Also, also on intel phase, something very important: set a limit. Say you have three days. They are gonna move this thing in three days. Never give them like two weeks, cause they'll be like, "Wow, well, if we uh, take out one brick at a time for the next three weeks." No, you have three days. Set a time limit. Say three days. Then you. Then it's heist time. Or they're gonna leave, and your thing's gonna be gone. So, you set your time limit on there, and you guys buy all the stuff, talk to people they need to, uh, get their disguises, do their recon, see all the traps, red herrings, everything like that you've set in this place. And then it's time for the heist to begin. Now for the big part, the heist itself. Uh, It's uh, very weird, I think, doing certain things like this, because you're your first instinct is to just kind of let it happen. But I will say, I think heists are better in initiative. And just tell your players, like, don't think of each initiative turn as six seconds. Think of it as five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then put in your initiative tracker, you know, uh, every three rounds. Guards move to these positions then they move here maybe they rotate around uh every two initiatives go by Uh, a certain door opens and a person takes break in a break room you know put these things into initiative and let everyone take their turn to make sure everyone gets what they need you know as you're going through people are like well i want to climb up the wall i want to climb up the wall Oh, i want to dig a ground i want to run and you're just like okay calm down calm down let's roll initiative Everyone tell me how they're getting in. Then you do the get in on the initiative one, first five, ten minutes. Uh, and don't run it like, oh, you have a bonus action, you have a move, you have a bo- an action. Run it like, it's your turn to tell me what you want to do next, over the next five minutes. So have them be like, I'm going to look around to see if there's a way to turn the lights off. Okay, that's your initiative turn. You're going to be spent doing that, here's a check that you need to do that then the next person's like, I'm going to do uh, Arcana, I'm going to do Detect Magic on the safe to see if there's any way I can open the safe magically. Okay, that's your initiative turn. So I will say in a heist, when the heist gets going, roll initiative, and even if someone has nothing to do, they're, have them, they can help people. I'm going to help this guy do the unlock on the thing. It's like, okay, well, he'll get advantage now. Uh Uh, things to think about while the heist is going on is traps. Remember your traps. Put your traps down. Uh, The vault itself, where the thing's being kept. Is it locked? Is it just a room that you need certain things to get into? Uh, You need a password. You need a certain combination, something like that. Those are options for the vault. Is it
1: a different dimension?
0: yeah, Yeah. Think about what... The vault is like. Make sure you have a very set. I guess you don't need the vault as much. The door. The door is the important part of the vault. Uh, have a I set. Would, I would
1: just consider the vault like the end point. Like yes. this is where the players want to be. This is yes. what they were told they were getting, and this is where they're at. Yeah. And it's like the the most important thing in a way, but it's also like your very last like little king on the chessboard.
0: Yep. I like doing puzzles. Make just random puzzles. And it doesn't have to be in the uh, traditional sense of puzzle. It could just be like a puzzle of how the guards are rotating. Like they can only get to the vault on initiative turns three, six, nine, but they don't know that unless they've done the intel. So now they have to, on the fly, solve this puzzle of, like, they look there on the first initiative turn, and it's like, there's two guards outside. They look there on the second initiative turn, there's one guard outside. They look there on the third initiative turn, there's none. But then at the end of the third initiative turn, here come two new guards to replace them. So they have to know every third initiative turn, they have a chance to get to the vault and open the door. So just a puzzle like that in the non-traditional sense works in a heist Uh, you could do like social puzzles Uh, they run into you know a person Uh, do they bribe the person are they smooth enough to persuade the person not to scream are they going to let the person have a cut if they don't scream, if they don't yell if they don't run and grab a guard Uh, social puzzles is great Uh, asking the right questions when you're in there you know if you see a guy who can get into the vault and uh, you're doing your heist you corner him in a room and you cast silence on yourself. And you make him write down a code. Maybe. how Like how do you know these, these are the puzzles that I'm talking about. They're more problems that they have to deal with than like an actual puzzle to solve. But you could just have a puzzle to solve on the vault door or something. I suppose.
1: Uh, I'd say a big thing is uh, blind spots. I yeah. would always have it be like. You, there's always like some sort of intersecting hallway or there's just somewhere where the player, before they proceed into this area, they're like, I could definitely be seen from right over there. Yep. There always needs to be some place, I feel, the that the player is... Yeah, I, I feel like there just needs to be always a spot or a timing or place that the DM threatens the player with something. And the player is frightened of that area for a second. Just kind of like, ah, yep. it should not go that way. I should just kind of, like, hide and shimmy along the wall maybe. And it's like, okay, roll me stealth. Yep. And so then it's like, oh, then they get, like, a 19. you're like, yeah, you get along the wall and you're scooting along. And, oh, look at that. You see a guard just peering through a window, uh, at just sitting at a counter. And it's like some, like, prison that you're in trying to, like, rescue your a party here. member because yeah. that's the heist
0: yeah I like that uh, make sure uh, when they're doing the intel make sure to keep some keep some stuff don't don't just make it so that some rogue who's like yeah I'm going to go look in the skylight and he's like yep I have expertise in investigation and perception I'm going to roll a fucking t- 42 or something like that you know and then you just give them everything there are going to be things that you can't see Things, you know, if you go underground, if you go down a hallway, if you go into a room that's blocked. Keep, always keep a few things that you can surprise the players with in the heist.
1: Yeah, the rogue looked in there, he's seen four guards. Perfect, that's all he needed to see. Uh, little did he know, he didn't count the fifth guard taking the shit.
0: Yeah, two guards were, yeah, in the bathroom or having a break or something, you know? Outside yeah. on smoke break.
1: He didn't see them because he can't see through walls.
0: So. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, make sure...
1: Always make it to where there's hidden things. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I guess that's a good way to put it. Make sure they also do it at the same time, you know? The rogue's like, I'm going to sneak out in the middle of the night and see how many guards are there. Okay, there's two. And then they end up doing the heist, and it's 4 p.m. instead of midnight. Now there's 12 guards here. Like, your intel doesn't do you any good. This is kind of for players. Intel doesn't do you any good if you go and do intel at 8 p.m., and then the heist is at midnight. The, the whole situation may change in those four hours. And as a DM, if they do do that, change the situation. Add guards. Add add dogs. Add something. Add whatever you need.
1: Yep. If it's the heist itself and it was like, alright guys, it's the night time, we're going to go check this place out. They're there during the night and they're like, oh, there's like nobody here. Alright. We're going to just go right in and after we go grab this. And they go grab this thing and then they come back and go in. All of a sudden they're in there and it's like, well, uh, ten dudes just showed up for their work shift.
0: Yeah. Oh fuck.
1: <laughs> and it's just like oh fuck, oh, and now fuck. they're inside with, basically reinforcements just walking in through the door.
0: Yep, that's a good one. They do it at like uh, late night, two a.m. But they don't know that the guards all get there at like three or four to get ready for the day. It's like oh no. Uh, I I put down laser grid. I always like a laser grid, but. I don't think I ever did them right until now. I figured out how to do a laser grid. I think it's better. I used to just be like, okay, roll me dexterity saves, and they get harder as you go, or if you fail and blah, blah, this, that, and the other. Also, by laser grid, I mean just put a lot of alert, uh, alert, or not alert, alarm spells down, and make it so you can uh, see a bunch of little silver wires everywhere, and then they do a laser grid. But I think the fun way to do a laser grid is... Have them roll you some sort of dexterity save, probably a dexterity save, and then off of that roll, so say they roll a 15, 15 to 20, put ranges in. So if they roll like a 1 to 5, you roll a d4, 5 to 10, roll a d6, 10 to 15, you roll a d8, 15 to 20, d10, so on and so forth, up to a d20. Now give them three skill checks or five skill checks, make it a non-number. And have them just roll whatever dice they fall into, and you roll it, and they have to not roll your number to n- make it through the maze. So, like, if it's a Paladin, he rolls, like, a 1 on his dex save. It's like, okay, now we each roll 5d4, and if I beat you 3 out of 5 times, if I get your number 3 out of 5 times, you hit one of the lasers. So it would it's- it would still reward the more dexterous characters. You know your Rogue's going to have a dex save, and he's going to have a 28... So he rolls a D twenty, so it's like there's very little chance that I'm so here gonna. Here comes the cleric with a negative one dexterity, and yep. they're just about ready to fall
1: over. And it's like, well, that yeah.
0: sucks. Yeah, I I like I I came up with that laser grid idea a little while ago, and I like how it turned out it really gives me, I, it's I, I think it's pretty fair cuz you know a big paladin guy and maybe you give advantage if someone's small like if they if i always let the pa- players make an argument for for anything like i if, if a gnome paladin had a negative 2 to dexterity and he came up to this laser grid and he was like can i have advantage on my dex save because i'm so small it'd be easier for me i'd be like absolutely like that makes sense let go ahead you know reward your players for coming up with ideas like that
1: here's a funny one. Uh, we were going into a place, and Austin was my DM. And I play a, a 12-year-old boy who's cursed to be a boy, but he's, like, really old. And so he's a cleric. But he's only, like, you know, a 12-year-old boy height. And we walk into this room, and I trigger a trap. And Austin had it set as a normal neck height. Human. Yep, yep. So it just flew over my head and hit my
0: party member behind
1: me. And I was just like, that. right and that, on. And that,
0: was because of, <laughs> and that was because of JoJo. Like, I said, like, oh, JoJo, make me a deck save. And he failed it. And I was like, okay, you're going to get. Pu-. It was like your fucking uh, axe to the neck or something like that. And then you were like, well, wouldn't it go over my head since I'm like four feet tall? And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, it would. Who was behind <laughs> him? <laughs> I'm literally like three
1: foot eight. And yeah, I was, I was like, like, wait, if it's a wire shooting down the hall neck length,
0: yeah. aren't I like. Yep. A little bit shorter? Yeah, abs- like, you absolutely are. you are, yeah. Go ahead, it misses you. Uh, but it's going to hit somebody. There has to be always, consequences to your actions. I'll,
1: I was going <laughs> to say this as a point, and that's a good leeway into it, is this, uh, always allow the creativity to kind of motivate the players, you know. Uh, yeah. Let them enjoy... Uh, the, story the, they they the, story the
0: story they want. They will tell you the story they want.
1: Yeah, and... If something happens, just make it funny if they're doing something with their story and stuff like that. Or make it, like, good and all that. Um, if That will portray to it nicely and... it's a fucking scene, man. Hold on. You take over. All
0: right. Uh, yeah. Uh... (laughs) So, I get what George was trying to say. Uh, make sure your players are having fun. Change... Uh, if they want to do stuff, we'll, we'll try to bring it back to the heist. Try to stay a little on topic. Uh... If, if they want to do something in the heist that you didn't think about, just roll with it, you know? You can add whatever they want in. That's what I, I always... I almost never add have skylights. I never think about them. But then my plates go players go, are there skylights? And I say, yes, there are. And they might think of something that's way more fun than you thought of, you know? And it's like, do the guards have dogs? I can talk to animals and you're like... Yeah, yeah, they do, because I want to see you try to convince this dog to go against his owner. Uh. Stuff like that is just fun. So if you're play, let your players have ideas as well, I guess is the big one there. Uh, listen to your players and just let them, let them be creative and uh, open, be receptive to that. Um, what else do we got? Uh, as far as heist goes, Joe, the active heist. We got traps. We got a laser grid, we got the vault, we got puzzles that they may encounter. Hiding, uh, You said hiding I spots. Think, yeah, um, I think uh, I a like, good
1: important detail yeah, is uh, a good important detail that you could have is like um, do they get hostages? Do they yeah, I have uh, find another thing that's valuable there? Or does one of the players go through there and he finds something that involves his father? uh yeah and it's like why is it in this place of all places and just throw these things like use these moments that are because most of the time i'm gonna say most of the time a heist is either gonna be uh it's very party oriented so everybody in the party kind of wants a little bit of what's in there or it's very one person uh oriented Um, So use these moments to really diversify your uh, story and uh, the backstory for your PCs and give them little things uh, that will, you know, uh, help them understand what is going on in the world while they're doing this because you got you got the heist going on, but you also got to. You gotta have the whole world, you know, moving. Uh, time yeah. doesn't just stop. Yeah, there is. Uh, there can
0: be things within a heist that involve, you know, your main storyline or someone's side storyline. You know, just everything can happen in a heist. You know, it. You can, yeah. you can throw these things in if you're like kind of running out of ideas. You're just like, I don't know, like, what? What kind of people would be in this bank heist? It's like, uh, maybe just have like someone's, you know, while they're taking hostages, have it like be someone's friend. Like, are they going to take their friend hostage and threaten to kill him so that they can get whatever's in here? Or are they going to let their friend go? And also, how does that make them look to everyone else, you know? They take all the hostages, round them up, and then they see one's their friend. They're just like, nah, you get out of here. Everyone else is going to be like, whoa, what the fuck? And if they got, like, disguises on, now they're going to go find their friend and be like, alright, so you know the guy that was fucking in the heist. Who was it, you know?
1: Or even, like, you have... If the players have somebody that they're listening like to orders from, <laughs> uh, they will be at the place of the heist, and they'll be going through it, and maybe they'll come across the room and they'll find info on their boss, and it's something that is was a secret to them. Yeah, like they didn't know, and it's actually astonishing.
0: Yeah, you could even make it so that find like, out. halfway through the heist they find out something about the person they're doing the heist for, you know? Maybe they're, like, doing it to get money to uh, pay off some dude who has their friend hostage or something. And then they find, like, something in the heist that says that this guy... I don't know. I don't know. I was, I was going to say they get it from, like, a good guy. But I kind of fucked that up. I was going to say they get, like, this heist from, like, a good guy. They say, oh, you got to go into this temple and retrieve this sword, blah, blah, blah. But then halfway through the heist, it's just, like, the guards are talking to him. They're just, like, why do you guys want this sword anyway? Or their hostages are talking to him. They're, like, why are you taking this sword? And they're, like, I'm taking it to this guy. And everyone's just, like, bro, that guy's, like, super fucking evil. Like, we kicked him out a long time ago. So now it's, like, they can continue the heist, but it's, like, maybe their motives change halfway through. So it's, like... Uh, yeah, and we're still going to take this sword because it's like sweet, but maybe we just aren't like, going to bring it back to that guy. To do stuff like that too,
1: uh, as the DM, don't be afraid to just secretly roll stuff to yourself. Yeah. Like, if you're just like, hmm, how well does this NPC, uh, like treat these guys? Like, is he gonna be like really good to them? To like kind of lie, and then you like, I'm just gonna do a flat charisma check. So you just add his charisma, and you get a nat twenty, just like. Oh, yeah, yeah. and then, like I was saying, this guy just seems like a good guy to your party, and he's like, oh yeah, just go do this for me, uh, all those people in there are heretics. And then you go in there, and those people just seem pretty genuine, and you're like, fuck, yeah, yeah, the hell yeah. you just told me to come here? And these people are like, so why are you in our sacred temple? Uh, you know, this is sacred grounds, you can't be in here. And then you're just kind of like awkwardly in there, so your players are just like, what now? Like, they're just like, what the fuck? And so the heist could be anything. It it that it could even be a heist at that moment because you could change it to be they could either go after that guy that seemed like a good guy, or they could go through with the plan of going through that whole temple. Uh, it could really change up some things if you add a couple little things like that. Okay. I just think important details of like hostages, yep. people that are bad that seem good or
0: good that seemed bad yep uh also something during the heist is maybe you know maybe someone maybe someone caught on to their heist uh talks and they get into the vault and they see a box on a pedestal and it's like oh yeah they all go into the vault and there's nothing in the box and someone caught them like days before and knew they were going to be a heist and now there's twenty guards at the guard at the vault entrance and it, you know, now it becomes like they're in jail, they gotta break out type deal. But don't be scared to change things based on your roles either. Like if you got a whole big heist planned out and then day two they're like talking to a guard and they're like, Hey man, we'll give you a cut if you give us your uniform and they roll shitty on persuasion and it's just like the guy's like, Yeah, sure, here's my uniform but then he just goes straight to his boss and he's like, yeah, in like two days some guys are going to come and heist. Like it's <laughs> like if they roll bad, punish them. And if you roll good on like Perception or something, you know, maybe they see the rogue or whoever and they're just like, the guards don't have to immediately yell at somebody, but they can go to their superior and be like, yeah, some guy was on the roof looking through the fucking skylights uh, today. So maybe tomorrow we put like two guards up on the roof in case he comes back. So then when they do the heist, it's like, oh, fuck, there's guards on the roof. We can't just fucking tie off up here and do this, that, and the other and jump through the skylights. Always be willing to change and adapt during those like three days that you give for your guys to plan. Because if they roll shitty, the, the world will adapt to their roles. And if the world rolls good, the world will see them and uh, expect them to be somewhere. That will... Always, always have a backup plan. As a DM? Yep. Yeah, I think so. I think... I think...
1: think not, Not necessarily, like, a plan that you're thinking about at times. I'm just saying, like, as soon as you see something is fishy and you're like, oh no, this could go bad. Immediately, have something else ready. Just in case. Just think of something. Just have it in your head. Maybe even write it down on a little notepad next to you. And then just have it there, and then just, if it flows over, good. If it happens, then maybe you have to, you know, weave the strings with the DM, you know? Uh, Weave your powers and make it flow, because that's the thing, is you got to keep the heist flowing. The hardest thing with the heist, I want to say, is going to be the flow, because you don't want players to get bored. You don't want one being like, well, I'm digging around in this chest, like, what do I find? And you're just like... Oh, there's like some ropes, there's like this, there's that, there's this, that, and then you're just sitting there, and then maybe one of your players is just sitting there like in his chair sleeping. Uh, if you're playing in person, uh, maybe he's just on his phone, or on the computer, we've had people fall asleep while playing, it's fun. <laughs> uh, it's a great time, but, you know, it happens. So, people do, you know, tend to lose interest in something, so you got to keep that flow. That's the hardest thing I feel for a DM with any sort of heist scenario, because it's constant. Heists are the hardest thing, because it's kind of go, 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 because like you said, there's a time limit.
0: Yep. So, that's going to uh, bring us to our final stage of the heist, the getaway, and I think this is the most fun, and I will just uh, throw my hands in the air and admit, I almost always just do a skill check challenge. That's
1: what I wrote down. I I put that that down <laughs> <in, that laughs> as well. I put it's, skill check challenge. <laughs> it's just always so good. It's so and much And you can use. You just gotta. You gotta save it for the right time.
0: Yeah, I. Like they're all the way things.
1: deep in a cave, and the cave starts collapsing. I
0: always skill do skill check challenge challenges. challenges. <laughs> they're great. They're all awesome. they're awesome. I almost like I almost like skill check challenges more than combat. I think. And I've had oh, yeah. like a few homebrew like. ...rules to skill check challenges that like... Help, ...help help and hurt the player... ...to make them almost... Co- ...more combat-like. But... Uh, ...for the getaway... ...I put down... ...make sure there's multiple ways out. Me and Jojo already said this. Skylights. Windows. Doors. Sewers. Air vents. Let them dig a hole... ...in and out. Let them use a portable hole. You know? Make sure there's... ...they aren't pigeonholed. I mean... If you want to make it so it's like there's one door, you can leave one door, and then it's like a fight or something. That's your prerogative. But I always like to have multiple ways out because then yeah. if something doesn't work, then they got a, a back. They have a backup plan and you have a backup plan as a DM in case something starts going crazy. They start getting whomped by some like robot guards or something, and then you, they can't get to the door out, and you're just like, why won't my party just surrender to my guards and it's just like well maybe they're just gonna die instead like so not everyone is like smart enough to surrender i feel like a lot of people don't like doing it in D &D. and Uh, that would make it oh sorry that would make it so that if they do start getting whomped you can be like you know you guys there's like a back door like you can just run uh but yeah it, it helps the players and the dm to have multiple ways out uh yeah what were you gonna say joe
1: I put, uh, with having, like, your exits being your entry points, but have, like, exits that they can use that are different from the entry points now. Um, and then I put, under that, I put, in detail, this is when you're gonna be, as the DM, you're gonna be using your reinforcements. If they're guards and they called in, uh, cause something's happening, or, like, they s- had the wizard on the location send a message or something like that. Yeah. Um, you gotta think of fail safes. Maybe they walked in through a side door, and they just walked in. You know, you said it was fine. They got too calm and confident, you know? And they forgot to roll perception in that entry hallway, and none of them realized that as they're going there, they get there, and it's just a wall.
0: Yeah, and someone has taken their exits away. Take their exits away.
1: Or, like, that door that they came in is, like, a magical one-way door.
0: Oh, yeah, true.
1: So, like, you can make something like that where... Like, okay, now the wizard, if he wants and he can, you know, rolls right and stuff, he could try to dispel the magic, and then maybe you're just like, oh, it's like a 5th level spell.
0: Yeah. That's pretty good. I
1: like like homebrewing some things just because, like, it adds, you know, a little bit of tension.
0: Yep. Also, uh, the reason I use skill check challenges to, like, getaways, a lot of getaways, is, like, you, it's very easy to give punishments in a skill check challenge. As soon as they, you know, fail one, it's like, okay, well, uh, you can't get to this store now because there's guard, a bunch of guards there. So you can like have tangible punishments that make the encounter more difficult with a skill check challenge. It's like, okay, well, we're gonna, I'm gonna use uh, sleight of hand try to pick this lock, and it's like, oh, uh, well, you didn't make it on the skill check challenge, and now there's. Uh, guys on the roof, so there's nowhere you can get off the roof. And I take exits away like that, or yeah. put them... trap them in places like, oh, uh, I'm gonna roll stealth to try to sneak into this office and wait for them... To, the guards to run past me. It's like, okay, well, they heard you. Now they're at the door of the office. Like, how are you gonna get out of this office? Uh, trapping them in something really ramps up the tension. Trapping them inside the vault is a good one. Like, uh, As they all even if you have to split the party, like, two go into the vault, and then they're kind of wary of you. They're like, eh, we better not put all four of us in the vault. We'll stay guard out here. And it's like, okay, the vault door sh- shuts on its own. And it's like, okay, now there are people coming to catch us. There's two guys in the vault. Those guys are freaking out because they don't ha- know how to get out of the vault. There's two guys the out of the vault. And the rogue is in there, and he's the guy yeah, who opened it. The guy who opened the vault is still in the vault, so now he can't open the you know. Uh, trapping people places is really good. Air vents is a good place to get trapped. You run into a dead end, it's like, oh, man. And then you hear people climbing through the air vents or something after you, and you're like, oh, fuck. Uh, it's a good, good way to ramp up the tension when you're doing a getaway. Is just, you don't have to fully enclose them, just trap them somewhere. Get them somewhere where there is only one way out.
1: The uh, thing that I mentioned earlier, and I still... I think it comes around to all categories throughout the entire thing as consequences of failure. Uh, I think in intel gathering, your consequences of failure are going to be more secretive. You're not going to really tell the party when they fail. You're going to just kind of nonchalantly brush it off.
0: And they're going to be like,
1: okay, and then maybe they'll change their plan or investigate it further.
0: Or you can even just give them a little hint. Yeah, I'm going to go look in the skylight. Oh, uh, you see one of the guards may have noticed you? Uh, Maybe not. You don't know. He may yeah. run
1: out of. Depending on their role of their perception or investigation, whatever it is, uh, you're going to adapt to that. And I think intel gathering, your consequences of failure for their intel gathering is pretty low. You don't fail them too often whenever they're yep. getting intel, if they're asking the right questions. Yep. Um, Them getting caught depends on what they say. Depends on what they do. If they're stupid, sure. If they're kind of sneaky, but it was just kind of a fumbled roll. You can sometimes, you know, brush those under the rug, but I always save those just for later, because you never know, because like I said earlier, you could just be getting destroyed throughout your entire session as the DM, and it's not fun for you, because they're just walking right through all your encounters, it's not hard, uh, you see that they're still, like, full health, full spell slots, they're just literally attacking everything, um, that's when you're like, okay, well, they did fail on this roll, and the rogue was looking through the skylight, and that guy seen him, so they did bring the extra guards here, so at least I have these guys, because yep. they just waltzed right into the place, and then they got past these two guards by taking them out sneakily, and then now they're going up to this part, and it's like, okay, they're just literally walking through this place, and I can't stop them, because their rolls are so good right now. Yep. You just take that old roll that they had and bring it back. And then in the heist itself, the failures are going to be pretty balanced, it's going to just kind of be up to the roles just because that's the moment. And then for the getaway part, um, I think consequences of the failure becomes the most uh, like influential. Like you were saying, where, oh, they filmed the role, there's guards at that door. Yeah. It becomes... I think the getaway is when you're going to, as the DM, you're going to get a lot more stricter and you're going to be like, no. You're going to say no in this phase a lot more. Yeah. Just because... There is going to be things that's like... oh yeah, that's a 13. Yeah, no, you did not uh, make it. Because maybe you set your DC as 15. Because you set your DC... And you could maybe... uh, Give them an extra fail... Or an extra uh, success if they're doing too good and stuff. On like a skill check. If you're doing that. Um, But have your consequences of failure in the getaway. Be... Semi-dire. Because it's like they're going to prison. Or they could get killed or... Uh, they could be in the cave as it's collapsing, or um, this place could be exploding because there was a bomb. You know? Have it be, like, dire because you're- you want your party to get what they wanted, and then they have to, like- they can't just, you know, sit at the place. If they- if they assassinated the king and his family, they can't just sit in the kingdom. All the guards are gonna be coming in. Yep. Every single guard in the city.
0: Yep. I put down <laughs> for, uh, I put down for the getaway. Make sure you know what's going to be chasing them. So if it's guards, it's guards. If the guards have animals, make it animals. Make them be able to speak to animals. Also, let them have like a, a getaway vehicle. Let them have a cart. Let them have, you know, a little wagon that the barbarian can pull. It's always fun. You know, everyone jumps on and goes. Uh, I love giving carts to players. Carts are fun. And they make a lot of stuff really hard if you think about it. So give them a getaway vehicle. I have that down as well. And for getaway i also have this ties into jojo's thing for intel hiding spots make it so they can just stick it out that's their getaway and then they walk out the front door so
1: yeah that's where the hiding spots come in from the intel is if you were like oh yeah there's just a bunch of crates that look like they're barrier to be shipped out tomorrow or something and they go in they steal this item and there's just too many guards and one of the guys is like dude let's hide in these crates And they all just hide in the crates, and you're like, alright, you guys are just resting in there? And they're like, yeah. It's like, alright. And then they get out of the crates in the morning, and it's like, uh, depending on their perceptions in the night, or their passive perception, however you want to do it, maybe the crates got moved and they're now on a boat. Or something like that, you know?
0: Yep.
1: (laughs) It could add to uh, the story and make it very twisty and stuff. And like all of a sudden... Well, we were in the town we needed to be, we did the thing we wanted to, and uh, we went into these crates thinking it was the best uh, case to hide here. Now we're on a boat. We don't know where we're at. But I'm sure somebody would probably find out, and that would be the hard thing. It's like, while you're being moved with that one person that knows, or the two people that know want to do anything, or what?
0: Yeah. Yep. Anything else you got for a getaway, Jojo?
1: Um... I think my last thing would be, as the DM, you're going to have a lot of perceptions.
0: Yeah, a lot of perception checks.
1: It's going to be just you rolling a dice over and over. Did I see that? Did I see this? Did I see that? Did I see
0: this? Set a certain DC that you want. uh, Yeah. Just for guards. Use their passive perception. It makes it a lot easier. That's unless they're like actively fucking looking for people
1: If the I think if they're like actively looking for somebody as they're leaving it's like somebody's like okay I'm gonna run across this hall open this door and run into this room it's like okay um, let me just roll real quick and it's like ooh I got a 17 on my flat roll it's like uh maybe a guard heard the door shut hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's like okay so that guard's gonna start heading that way but I just take note of that mentally and I'm like yeah, okay, so you get into this room, and then it's like, that will be, and maybe they're like, uh, they said, I'm just going to use athletics to, like, open and close that door really hard and fast. Yep. Or something. And, yeah, they're just, like, running in a skill check or something like that. But, yeah, the guard just starts heading that way because they heard that door shut. Yeah. I, like I even wouldn't mind if they're... A lot
0: of perception on both sides is going to happen here. In this, I guess, I guess in the whole heist,
1: I, yeah. Uh, one thing I kind of forgot for like the heist itself is uh, don't be afraid to add a little, little corny thing here and there. So like, say they are sneaking around, and the guys, your rogues, just walking around with the crazy stealth. Um, he could like open up the door, and everybody's going in. You just have the last person coming through, who's like the least uh, stealthy person. Just have them roll like a sleight of hand if they just like let go of the door for it to shut. Cause maybe yeah. it's a heavy door. Yeah. <laughs> just something like that, a little corny yeah. thing, so it's like they have to make a save real quick, and then everybody's yeah. just like,
0: oh,
1: all yeah. wide eyed, just like, oh my god, we almost just failed right away walking into the building.
0: Keep keep on giving them like checks <laughs> for little things. Don't don't be afraid to give checks for little things as long as it's like not all the time. Yeah. Just every now and then, if they're like that's, smooth. That's if saying, it's a little like, corny thing. Yeah. Just time. if it's like smooth sailing. And they like open the vault door. It's like, yeah, roll me flat D twenty. Oh, a two. You open the vault door. Oh, you didn't know it was just creaky as fuck because you never saw anyone open it. And it just loud creak goes out or something like that.
1: And it's just like, Arr. yeah. And then they just stop opening. It. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. Have have little things like that that you can think of, um, for your your heights. Like yeah. uh, one I can think of that uh, is it in a movie. That's a good example would be. Uh, Indiana Jones picking up the thing off the pedestal.
0: Then he has the ball fall down.
1: Yep, he picks it up, replaces it with the pouch, he's like, huh, okay, and then the ball falls down. It's like, oh, yep. yep." Have something like that sometimes. Just have it be like, it looks super easy. It can be easy, but maybe there was just a little twist that you threw in for fun. Always, always have just, I would say, um, a little thing prepared like that.
0: Yep, And I like it, Uh, Jojo and uh, a few other of my players are really good at this. I like it when the players are like, you know, uh, I'm going to roll, Corey does this a lot, it's like, I'm going to roll dexterity because my guy's not very dexterous, just to see if I, like, trip over this. And it's like, okay, sure, you know. Uh, So as a player, just kind of play your guy. If you think something little funny thing would work here and there, just add it. Your DM will appreciate it.
1: I do want to say in the... uh as Austin has been saying, with the player aspect of, uh, re- or doing the heist for D and D, or just doing any sort of, uh, I would say scenario or combat or anything that you'd want to call it, always like you said, be specific and just think, think like common term, like commonly in a way, like. If you're trying to get a grappling hook, just say a grappling hook. Don't be like, oh, I want to get, like, an anchor. to like, shave it down, make it into a throw ball. Just, yeah. just say a grappling uh, hook. <laughs> just say a grappling hook.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't be... Be specific and just be easy. And then the DM normally can throw something at that. Uh, I mean, what DM doesn't like giving their players something fun and funny? Yeah, or something nice that's literally a little common. That's like it's not game breaking, but it's like quality of life.
0: Yeah, uh, there are some people out there that play D D for the more oh, yeah serious aspect. So and, uh,
1: and we do, do got to preface nothing, that. Nothing yeah. wrong against it.
0: Yeah, we uh we do got to preface this all by saying, uh, me and Jojo's yeah. style of D D is definitely in the comedy uh category. Uh, um, we play We play to have fun. We have serious moments. I think the serious moments are actually more amplified when you play in a non-serious manner because then it's like, oh, like they hit harder. When you're just like happy-go-lucky having fun playing D&D and then all of a sudden, boom, my buddy's dead and now I'm alone in the world and it's like, oh man, D&D's not so much fun anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely feel that.
0: So yeah, uh, yeah anything um... we talk about is from that, that lens. So if you're one of the people who really likes dramatic D&D, uh, I love listening to dramatic D and D, but playing it all the time not my style.
1: Yeah, and everything uh, with like how you run a heist and stuff. Um, for me and Austin, it's basically all opinionated. Like this is how we would like it. Yep. Uh, you could be completely different. We could have said some things, and you could have been like, "I can't believe that they would do that." And I mean, that's just our opinion. So. If it, if it is a helpful thing to you, though, and like maybe you're a DM just looking for new ideas and stuff, if this helped, uh, that's awesome because if we could do more stuff like this, that would be pretty cool because I don't mind just talking D&D like Austin said earlier yeah. as well. Yeah, we want, we get on some talk.
0: tangents, but hopefully you guys got some good, oh some good information out of this episode. Uh, <laughs> we went on a few tangents there, but yeah, absolutely. If uh, you are a DM out there or a player and you're looking at... Uh, you're looking for some ideas or something like that. Uh, let us know. Just message us or tweet at us or anything like that. Stuff you want us to just have us sit down and talk about. You know, races, feats, classes, any of that. I think we might do tier list. Me and Jojo uh, thought about doing tier list tonight. That would have been fun. Uh, I don't think we were quite prepared for that because we just had that idea That's about off. two hours ago. But I. Plus might... that'd
1: be so long if we did like a spell tier list. Uh-huh. Goddamn.
0: I I don't think we can do a spell <laughs> tier list, but maybe, I would just maybe... I would just
1: do. No, I would just do top three each uh, level.
0: There you go. We could do something like that. But yeah, yeah Tweet at us. Uh, tell us what you want to hear. Uh, tell us if you enjoyed this kind of stuff. Uh, our Twitter is uh, roll underscore the number four underscore damage. Our Instagram is uh, DM and crew of R4D. Uh, so hit us up there. Um, I think that's it for the heist episode. I think... Uh, between those three phases, you should be able to make a, a pretty decent heist. Uh, just remember what we taught you here. Keep and it smooth, keep it
1: flowing, and keep it fun.
0: Yep. Just just uh, roll with it. Uh, don't fret too much if stuff goes not the way you planned, because every heist is going to definitely not go the way you planned, as a player yeah. and as a DM.
1: I have definitely, uh, as a DM, I have definitely done this. Railroading is fun sometimes. It is not fun sometimes. Don't always try to force it. Sometimes you just gotta slide past something, like, it just doesn't work out. And you're like, well, that sucks. And can't just let it slow you down, because that will slow down the flow, and then that affects the entire entire session at that point. So, you gotta just keep flowing, you know?
0: Yeah, sorry. I was killing a fly that's been flying around my fucking computer this whole episode. I,
1: I have one of those, and it's been doing that for the past two <laughs> really? hours now, and it's freaking annoying me too because I've been constantly <laughs> like having this sneeze, so I keep looking up, but the sneeze won't come out. So I just sit here staring at a light, and then I see this fly just flying around, and I'm like, "You."
0: <laughs>
1: so I've been I've been kind of living in living in. Hell for a second, literal now, fucking yes.
0: hell. So uh, literal. <laughs> anyways, fucking flies, dude. We will uh, wrap this one up. Remember to go to squarespace. Roll for damage. Reese, if you're out there, don't don't say anything. Uh, check out our affiliate links. Buy some stuff. Get it all. Uh, everything you need to play some D and D on our website there. Uh, and our socials. I already told you guys our socials. So other than that, uh, hopefully next week we will be back with a uh, another episode. Uh, Catching up with uh, our guys at the Palace of the Prince. I think we're all going to be back next Saturday. So...
1: I think so. Corey might be back in town. I think it depends on... Andrew doesn't have a wedding. Andrew.
0: But yeah. Anyways. We'll uh, talk to you guys then and until then, uh, see you later.
1: Mm, I can see it.